welcome to the Photography Q&A podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones and this is episode 26 of the Photography Q&A podcast. This week, we've got Common Mistakes 2. We did one earlier, quite a few months ago. Now we've got Common Mistakes 2. Anyway, first one that came up today was centering your subject in all your images. So if you use just the central focus point and in editing, you just leave it like that, all your subjects, heads and eyes are going to be dead center of the image. That's not a good thing. It's fine in certain situations. I was going to say it's fine in headshots, but even in a headshot, the the head is not dead center of the image. It is in the upper half of the image. So I want you to start thinking about the rule of thirds. The rule of thirds divides the image into nine equal parts. So you have two lines vertically and two lines horizontal. The idea is to put something of a point of interest in the image, like someone's eyes, where two of the lines cross or on one of the lines. So if you're doing a portrait, head and shoulders, you could put the eyes level with the top line, the top horizontal line. If you can get the eyes over to the left or the right where they cross with the vertical lines, all the better. But you need to start thinking about this, doing it in camera, not just editing later. If you take a photo just using your center focus point, you need to crop the image in processing, right? You need to move the image across so the points of interest hit these intersecting lines or on a line. The problem is every time you crop an image like that, you're making it smaller and you are limiting the size that you can get printed. A lot of times you don't need to crop much off and you'll still be able to do a good size print. There's ways around it kind of, it's not ideal, but you don't want to be messing around like that. If you're going to do that with every image, it's pointless having a camera that of a certain megapixel that gives you an image of 6,000 by 4,000 when every image you end up with is uh, 4,200 by whatever, you know, you're just cropping it down smaller. You're not getting full advantage of your camera. But if you think about the rule of thirds when you're taking the image, all the better. Your image doesn't need much doing to it to get it just right. So if you're thinking about the rule of thirds as you take the picture, you're going to reduce the number of times that you crop images and you're going to speed up all of your uh, processing times. So the rule of third really does make a huge difference to your work. So that's the first one that I see, the uh, centering all your images. You don't want to do use the rule of thirds and everything will be fine. You'll take a great step forward. All right, cutting things off at the edge of a frame, which drives me mad sometimes. You know, you see a portrait of a family and someone has one arm and the other arm is out of the frame or everybody's feet are cut off. I just don't understand why you cut off the feet. If you're going to do that, do it from the waist up, do all the pictures from the waist up, not just the feet. Like you've gone so far down, like why cut off the feet? It drives me mad. So what I want you to do, if, if you have done this or you're still doing it, as you frame the image, check the edges. Just see that everybody's in. And if they aren't, and you can't zoom out if you've got a zoom, and you've got a fixed focal length like a 50mm, just take half a step back. And by taking that step back, you'll get everybody in. You're better getting everybody in and then being able to crop it later and being able to fit it into, say, an 8x10 or an 11x14. They're all different ratios. So the more land you give around the edge of your subjects, the more image sizes you're going to 
be able to fit it into. But if you've got someone with an, an arm missing, they're always going to have the arm missing. And when you put it into certain formats, they might lose, you know, you'd be lucky if you can keep the head in. So just check before you go ahead and chop someone's arm off in a picture. I know in the, the heat of battle sort of thing, you, you rush a little bit, but just take that one second just before you put your finger down that you just check that everybody's in. All right, if you think that having a great camera is enough to be a good photographer, well, it's not. If you can't get results with an entry-level camera, you can definitely not get them with a pro camera. A $4,000 camera is not going to do any more work for you than a, an entry-level camera will. The only way to produce excellent photos consistently is to learn how to control your camera and use the available light. Like knowing five or six different poses if you're a uh, a wedding photographer say or a portrait photographer, family portraits if you know five or six different poses that will help you way more than a four thousand dollar camera if you stick a four thousand dollar camera in someone's hand and they haven't got a clue with the posing then you're still not going to have a clue you're posing you've just spent more money to get the same picture there's no point in spending the money unless you're doing some good work and you would like maybe a few more frames per second higher megapixel you know, a larger image at the end of it, but not just because you want one. I know it's tempting, but, you know, I would guess that 99% of customers wouldn't know the difference between a Canon T7 and a 5D Mark IV. The difference in price is probably, I don't know what a 5D Mark IV would cost you, maybe around four grand, and a Canon T7, maybe 450, 400. So probably 10 times difference in price. They wouldn't know the difference. They really wouldn't. All they want is a good quality photo. If you don't understand how to light your subjects, it doesn't matter how much your equipment costs, the images will be the same with either camera. So don't think you're going to be a super pro just by going out and buying, you know, a $4,000 camera body. You know, the first thing I would buy anyway is better lenses. I buy professional lenses to go on my cheap camera rather than an expensive camera body to put a crappy lens on. So anyway, next one. Taking attention away from the main subject. You want your photos to draw the viewer's eye to the subject. If you capture something in your photo that's unrelated to the main subject, it will pull your viewer's eye away from it. Like I was looking online for some examples and within about two minutes I found one. And it was a picture of a church, a beautiful church, I think it was in Spain. And in the foreground, someone was getting into, the ca into a car. A couple were getting into a car. There was one car, this red car, in front of this beautiful cathedral. The cathedral looked spectacular, really beautiful. And the photographer didn't wait just one minute for that driver to get in his car, get the passenger in and drive away, and it would have just been clear. But no, they had to take a picture while the, the car was there. And I just thought, what a, what, you probably spent thousands of dollars going on vacation to get a picture of this church or whatever else is there as well. And you couldn't wait one minute until that car got away because this it was a beautiful car as well. Probably take more pictures of the car, be honest with you. But, you know, just think about things that are in there. Like it could be something similar to um, if you're using a shallow depth of field and you're taking a picture through some trees, the leaves that, and branches that are in the foreground are generally out of focus. But when someone uses auto mode, the camera's going to try and get everything in focus. And the leaves nearby are all perfectly photographed. They're in focus as well as the main subject. And you just end up looking at the leaves. You're not looking at the, the thing that they, they wanted to get the picture of. And it just ruins a good picture. 
So a shallow depth of field will gives you a nice bokeh and a blurry background makes you focus on the subject. If the only thing in the image is, say, um, a little kid's face and that is perfectly in focus and everything else around it is is bokeh, it's just lovely, creamy background, little round lights coming off, you know, whatever. And it, you don't want to look at anything else. That is the image you are looking at. But when someone takes a picture with a really big depth of field, say the Shuna F18, everything, the background, the foreground, the kid, they're just part of this big image and it just takes your attention away. You need to draw the attention to the subject of it. So if you're shooting a portrait, first thing to do, pull your subject away from the background and use a shallow depth of field. By doing that, the background just becomes blurred and it's just a mixture of color and shapes and your subject is perfectly fo in focus. In processing another trick, you can use vignetting. It darkens or lightens around the subject, around the edge of the image. It, like Sometimes you just get it in the corners, but Lightroom has this settings. If you go to vignetting, I put a, a video actually on the, uh, well, it didn't go on Facebook, but there's a link on in the Facebook group to it that went up a couple of days ago. And you'll see in Photoshop how I do a vignette on a subject and it comes out really good. And what it does I use it to darken the edges of the picture and then it makes the subject just pop. It's almost like they've got a spotlight on them. Um, you can go too far. Uh, some wedding people do it in reverse to what I do and so everything all around the edge of the picture goes white and then it gets a little bit, a bit on shaky ground, I think, when you do too much of it. But if you just use it sparingly, it's another way to concentrate that just the subject is lit. All right, so the next mistake expands on this distraction subject is not looking behind your subject before you take the picture. Not checking out what's behind your subject is something all photographers do at some point. I've done it myself. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at images and thought that would be a really good picture if that tree wasn't coming out the top of that woman's head. So look around. Even if the background is a beautiful forest, try different angles. Make sure that that tree branch isn't coming out of someone's head or sticking out the side of the rear. Just have a look around and work things out. Don't just stand there, take pictures and think, oh, I'll Photoshop that car out, out of the background. I was doing a picture yesterday. A friend was showing her dog at, a, I don't know what they call them, confirmation, I think they are. Uh, she had a Bichon freeze and I was taking a picture of her, of the dog for her. It was in an old barn and there was cracks in the barn wood, like spaces between the barn boards. And there was a guy watching behind in blue denims. And all you could see was these two legs in the distance. It was blurry, but you can see the guy's blue legs. So I just shouted over to him and said, excuse me, could you just move over a bit? You're in the picture. And he, he apologized and just stood to the side, took a picture. And then I went and took a picture of his dog for him. Didn't charge anything. It was just a friend of a friend. So, But if I had left it, I would have had this picture of this beautiful white Bichon Frise sleeping. And in the corner of the image, we would have had these two denim legs in the distance. And it was obvious that there were someone's legs. But now it's a nice picture. There's no legs in there. So there's one example. If you are taking, I've seen, I've seen some where a wedding party has been taken and there's a parking lot behind them. Now, I'm sure behind the photographer, there might be an open field or something. You should reverse it. They had pictures and all you could see behind the the family in these, and this is someone's wedding pictures, is a, a Ford F-150 and a, you know, a couple of little cars parked there and people milling around. 
It's like, just look behind you. It only takes a few seconds to check before you take the photo. If you don't, you're going to end up with a large collection of images you can't use. And if you put those images in front of your customers, I guarantee they will spot them straight away and you'll hear, wow, that's a really good picture. It's a shame that truck's in the background. Think about it. Don't let your customers see these pictures if you screw up. Don't let them see them or find some way to mask it. But all you have to do is just before you push the button or before you even pose your subject, look behind them and check everything is fine. So by doing this, you're going to get into the habit of qualifying or it's a bit of a fancy word, but qualifying the background before you position your subject. Make sure everything is fine behind them. All right. That was it. Five little rants, five mini rants for this week. I've got lots more. I've got a huge list of these things. Some of them are very similar. That's why I just did these last two close together. But yeah. All right. So that's it for this week. Get over to the Facebook group. We've got a few members now. People are posting pictures. I'm doing videos showing people out a process. If you've got anything you want help with, if you don't want to show your pictures on there, just join in, chat and everything. Just message me and send me images and I'll help you process them and talk you through them. But if you listen to last week's podcast, just make sure that you shot in manual or aperture priority. Otherwise, if you're just shooting in a, an auto mode, you're kidding yourself. So oh, I've started again now. I've started ranting again. All right. That's it for this week. I'll uh, be back next week. Have a good one and take lots of pictures in manual and aperture priority. Bye. <laughs>